Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That is what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. There's a dear, smart, passionate, insightful man who makes music and chemistry in our town, and I'm welcoming him here today for Song of the Soul. Actually, it's the second time we'll have Jim Phillips with us, and this is a kind of a new and improved music of Jim Phillips, with significant overlap of songs, but with dramatically enhanced versions of some of those tunes. Jim is a chemistry professor at the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire, and in his spare moments, he is Eau Claire's go-to bassist guitarist for a wide assortment of bands and configurations of musicians. If you listen to our 2017 interview with Jim, you'll get a taste of his life and music, but today you'll get the full thing. Actually, Jim and I both like diving deep and expounding, so there will be a full, uncut version of this visit on northernspiritradio.org, along with bonus excerpts we'll pull out to get down to our 55-minute broadcast. Thanks to Andrew Jansen for production assistance on today's show. Right now, Jim Phillips joins us via Zoom from nearby in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Jim, welcome back to Song of the Soul. Yeah, hello, Mark. Thanks for having me back. So to recapitulate the history, number one, you were on a couple times, actually, for Spirit in Action because of Earth Day activism. And then four, four and a half years ago, we had you on Song of the Soul. What happened in the world of 12-step during this period? Because you were involved in 12-step programs for a while. Did they just go seamlessly to Zoom or in person? I mean, it's it's hard when the intimacy of a 12-step group is so important. Yeah, you hit the nail right on the head there. Yeah, seamlessly, and that might be generous. I think from a protocol standpoint, and thank God for the presence of young, technologically agile people in the 12-step groups that were much better at making this happen than people like me. I mean, most of the meetings moved online and did so so very quickly. And, you know, I think that adjustment went pretty smooth. I think that one real shortcoming that was unavoidable is that, you know, the main reason for holding a 12-step recovery meeting is not necessarily for the members that go there every week. It's for the person that's going to show up to their first meeting and we're a lot harder to find on Zoom and where it's a lot harder to make that human connection with somebody where you can look them straight in the eye and say, everything's going to be okay. You're in the right place. Of course, we are going to get to your music, Jim, but since I interviewed you back just over four years ago, I have some sense of who you are and people can go to northernspiritradio.org, search Jim Phillips and they'll find that interview from back then. But knowing that sobriety, knowing that the UU is an important part of your spiritual life, both of those things, as well as your connection to the earth, I was wondering in terms of 12-step, a lot of people were very concerned for good reason about the 750,000 people or so who've died because of COVID. There are other people who said the social isolation is the big problem. 
And what you just mentioned about, you know, how do you do sobriety? How do you do that without support when you're isolated? Is there a bump in issues that you've seen in the 12-step world because of that? Absolutely. You know, we have lost people from the fellowship. You know, we've noticed that, you know, as we've come back in person, I've sort of run into people where it was, wow, this is somebody that was really an important part of my journey that had really sort of slipped out of my consciousness over the previous year. On the other hand, reconnecting has sort of maybe reaffirmed some of those relationships. And in my group of people, one of the things we've done recently is really challenged each other to get on the phone and call people we haven't talked to in a while. And unfortunately, some of the people that disappeared have begun to show back up. And can you do that in the 12-step world? Just call people up? I mean, the anonymous part of it. (laughs) We're anonymous, but not invisible. You know, what you'll see at a 12-step meeting is that you know, inside the fellowship, we freely share our contact information. It's really about being in a community. I mean, it it really truly is a fellowship in the truest sense of the word, that if you embrace this community, there is just an unwritten word that we have each other's back and that we will offer each other unconditional support. And it doesn't matter what your political religious views are. It doesn't matter what your gender, sexual orientation, race, color, creed you know, inside that rooms, we have a commitment to help each other solve our problems. And we take that commitment very seriously. And an important part of that is one-on-one interactions. I have a recovery sponsor that I meet with once a week. I have two people in recovery that I sponsor, and we meet together once a week. And we talk about our lives and how to face challenges and to try to live a spiritual life, which, you know, for us means primarily trying to think about others before we think about ourselves. You know, and the, and the St. Francis prayer is something that I have drawn to, and I am far distanced from anything resembling the Catholic Church at this point. But, you know, the St. Francis prayer that says, you know, make me an instrument of thy peace, where there's discord, let me bring harmony. That got me through the pandemic and all the discord related to the, to the 2020 election and just, you know, watching a country that I know and love sort of come apart at the seams. You know, and my inclination as an alcoholic and an addict is to to sort of insert myself in that conversation and say, why doesn't everybody just think the way I think? (laughs) If everybody just saw the world the way I did, then we wouldn't have any problems. And that's not a really meaningful outlook, nor is it constructive And trying to sort of be, again, an instrument of the peace and, and trying to understand why people come to views that maybe don't make sense to me. The first principle of the Unitarian Church is to recognize the respect and dignity of every human being. And that every is a hard word if you really start thinking about how wide that circle is. That means the people that do very objectionable things, even to everybody's views, let alone my own, also is worthy of respect and dignity. And that's that kind of stuff that's really the connection to the recovery community. People come in after, you know, doing things they're very ashamed of, destroying their lives and their families, causing a lot of turmoil. And our purpose is to be there and say, we understand we did all this stuff too. We can help you get better. And that's what we do. And in doing so, it helps us stay better, keeps us from going out and getting back into trouble. And that's spirit and action, right? (laughs) If, If there ever was a thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. It does require your heart to grow at least three sizes in order to love every individual. And I think you hit the nail right on the head when you said growing our heart three sizes. You know, for me, my solution to every problem in my life is that, you know, logic and intelligence were going to lead me to the solution. And I have found in recovery, intelligence can be a real liability because the solution is not <laughs> Amen, brother. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, that the solution to a spiritual problem is not logical. I need to learn how to turn my head off and turn my heart on. 
that was a challenge for me. I mean, I grew up in a household full of rowdy guys that were all basically jailable at one point in their adolescent lives. <laughs> and so this was a, you know, there was a, there was a big transformation that had to take place for me that helped in all aspects of my life. And that's the other thing about the recovery community. It's not just about, you know, putting down the drink or the drug or the donut or whatever particular ailment that a given 12-step program seeks to work on. It's about practicing these principles in all our affairs. And, you know, can we bring that peace and harmony and acceptance and that heart into our workplace and into our life's passion, into our music and into our art? And, and, and it was learning how to turn on my emotionality that enabled me to become a decent songwriter because I was really good at making up the chords and coming up with cool musical ideas. And I understand a little bit about music theory and all that logical stuff made sense. But until I got rid of the fear of connecting with the emotional part of it, you know, I, I couldn't get the enterprise off the ground. And where I think a lot of, especially people sort of on the progressive liberal democratic side of things, I think tend to devalue the power of spirit in making difficult changes. And, and I remember a, I was watching some friends of mine, students, Eric Jamelski from the Department of Economics here at the university, uh, does a lot of research on perceptions of climate change, how people see the problem, both in the United States and in China. And there was a parent question where they raised their hand and said, you know, how come the scientists haven't done a better job of communicating <laughs> these ideas? And I'm like, well, one, you know, scientists aren't the greatest communicators about these things. But I think, you know, they have communicated these ideas. There are technical reports and there are all these things. But the science isn't going to change anybody's behavior. And my response is like, where the behavioral change is going to come from here is the work of musicians and artists and clergy to really help people embrace a spiritual solution to the lack of sustainability in our civilization. And this guy looked at me like I was freaking crazy. Yeah, a PhD scientist is going to stand up in a conversation about a quote-unquote a scientific problem and say that the solution actually lies outside the science and beyond the policymakers and the economists. Again, because we can know the right thing to do and still not want to do it. Absolutely, yeah. Well, hey, let's get people motivated by playing some of this fine Jim Phillips music. First of all, we should note three of the five songs that you're going to be sharing today you shared in your previous Song of the Soul visit back in October of 2017. But these are new recordings. What happened? Where did you go? Where was the holy shrine you went to that you got this from? Well, those things you heard before was me in my basement with a laptop recording the demos all by myself, and I'm playing pretty much all the instruments on those things. And the purpose of that was to sort of get a collection of music together so that I could round up the musicians and make a real record. So I talked to some friends in the community, John LeBrun, Dan Zer, Lucas Fisher, and some other people that helped out a little bit. Laura Getz does a lot of wonderful backing vocals on those things. My son, Ben Phillips, helped with some synthesizer work and some ideas. We rehearsed as a small group for a few months, and then I found some studio time out at Pine Hollow Studios with Evan Middlesworth, and we spent a week in the studio recording a record. And I took a week off of work, put my lectures online before the pandemic so that my students could keep learning. Well, which song should we start out with? Why don't we start with one of the new ones called Visiting John, which is about my father, actually. But one of the challenges I had in my life through the mid-2010s, maybe, is that my father was being stricken with dementia. Of course, I would go visit my father because I was honored to go visit my father 
But, it, you know, it was not a very easy thing to do. One of the things that people struggle with when they have relatives with dementia is the little things you know, the, the sick person has trouble doing things like keeping up in conversations and your impulses to help them try to be more cognitively present. And at some point you realize that's not the point. And so I reached a point with my dad where I would go over, we had the same conversation over and over again for every five minutes. And after a while, it became kind of fun because you could answer the questions a little bit differently and see how the conversation would flow. I came to realize that, you know, the important thing is that I needed to be there for my father. None of this was about me. It was about honoring that relationship with him. I came home after one of these visits, drove back to Eau Claire. I grabbed my guitar. I went out in the backyard and started playing the chords to the song. And by the end of the evening, the song was written. It's about acceptance. It's about realizing that, hey, you know, there's a whole bunch of things here I can't change. Uh, what I can do is be present for my father and try to honor that relationship. Ultimately, he passed away about a month after the record came out on CD Baby and online. And I actually performed the song at his memorial service, barely had the composure to do that. And so it's a really meaningful thing. So this song that's being shared by Jim Phillips today for Song of the Soul, it's called Visiting John. And it's for his father. Here is Jim Phillips visiting John. I went to see the old man today. He lives on the second floor Moved him to the north wing last year he Didn't like his neighbors anymore He's always glad to see me And greets me with a smile Still wears the old blue fishing jacket Always takes me back in time Conversation's always the same He asks about my work and life Wonders what the kids are up to Then we start again, rewind I wonder how much longer he has Could this be the last time Wish that I had taken the chance to thank him in a present mind.
had a special visit with Jim Phillips' father. The song is Visiting John. He's here today for Song of the Soul for the second time. Last time was over four years ago, and that song was not part of the previous Song of the Soul that he shared back then. It's acoustic, for one thing. You are the go-to bass player for a lot of folks around here. That's kind of been my musical day job, if you will. You know, on most of this record, I'm playing acoustic guitar and singing. And if you go see the Jim Phillips Project live these days, I'm actually playing a lot of electric guitar, which has been an interesting transformation for me. One of the things that I should point out about that track, when I was talking about the remarkable musicians, I forgot one of the most important ones, which is the flute work by Julie Mikowski, which I think really makes this music stand out more so than anything else. As I was sort of rattling through these people in my memory, I had overlooked her. So Julie, if you're listening, I'm sorry about that. I should have listed you first. And (laughs) the remarkable thing is that, you know, Julie was my kid's elementary school librarian when they were growing up. So I had known her for ages and ages and ages in a different context. You made mention, by the way, of growing up with all your brothers. I think there are a total of five of you. Criminal eligible? I, I've, what was the t- phrase you used? My brothers, and I guess I have to own up to this too, where they grew up and went to the high school in the 70s, and they were all hellraisers in high school. When I remember when I got dragged in by the police as a small lad, and they asked me my name, and they said, oh, you know, and they knew my home address. And the guy got on the radio and said, look, I have an up-and-coming star, which is kind of funny, I guess. I turned out to be the okay one that did pretty well in school and went to a good college and, you know, got back on track after a short stint in the juvenile detention system. And uh, that helped straighten my life out a little bit, which was quite an experience to be a kid from the rich suburb in the Twin Cities, you know, going to summer camp with kids from the inner city and the sort of outlying community in the county. That was a life-changing experience. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And right now I want to draw on some more of the music of Jim Phillips. Where are we going to next? Let's talk about Big Sky Wonder. This is sort of the other other extreme in terms of arrangement. This song's big, and (laughs) this is a song for which the chords were written somewhere around 2002. (laughs) And the lyrics came through in part maybe in 2006, 2007, and then were re-refined. Again, I kind of pulled this one out and dusted it off. You know, what's interesting is there's kind of two parallel threads going on here. And part of it is that if, you know, this thing that if you're a young man in the Midwest, there is this enamorment, for lack of a better word, with the American West and the Rocky Mountains. There is this majestic calling that says that, you know, I am going to go westward and be a free man, and that's where life is going to be good. And that's kind of the place for the song. 
after I finished grad school at Minnesota, I got a postdoctoral position at the University of Colorado and I had made it. I was like, you know, this is, I'm going to be home. And what I realized when I got out there was that I really liked the upper Midwest and that I was a corn-fed Minnesota, Wisconsin boy, top to bottom, and nothing was going to change that about me. And I still love the American West. I have a brother that actually lives about a mile from the condo that I lived in when I was out there and had my kids. And, you know, we go out there and go fishing in the mountains and I'm going to try to get out there again this summer. But I just, you know, especially at that point, one thing that happened there is I had my children in that time in the midst of making those plans and doing that. And I think, you know, one's perspective and the things that one sees value in in a community change dramatically when life becomes about your children and not about yourself, like the quality of public education and the sort of friendliness of a community in terms of transportation and the safety of the streets. And so part of what's going on here, rather than, you know, the most important thing I have to think about is whether I can run around in the mountains and chase fish or not, as opposed to what kind of community are my children going to grow up in and what is the ethic that supports their development in that community. And my heart drew me back to the upper Midwest, and that's what sort of brought me to Eau Claire. There is some some pointed language in here that part of this song was written back when I was playing bass for a guy named Jeff White. A few of us were taking a road trip up to St. Cloud, Minnesota, and we were noticing some of the really, what I would describe as ugly suburban development sprawling out around the Twin Cities. And that was one of the things that I found striking about being in the American West is that I would look around out there and say, you know, there's just a lot of strip malls and stuff out here like there is in Minnesota and Wisconsin. You know, what's the big deal? <laughs> and so there is some observations in this song related to that sort of what I would describe as 2000s, 2010s, even urban development model where we overbuilt on the perimeter and ruined some of our downtowns in the process. And I think we've seen this transformation in Eau Claire where we have turned that around and recovered from it. And lo and behold, now we see our, our shopping malls and some of those stores on the perimeter trying to suffer from different economic forces. And maybe this is all circumstances beyond our control. But there is some, I guess I would have to admit, the unflattering commentary about that development model, which I didn't think was the right way to plan a city. Uh, and so, so you might notice that if you read the lyrics. And the song is Big Sky Wonder by Jim Phillips. We have linked to Jim Phillips' music on Facebook, and there's a couple other links that you'll find and be able to obtain his music. This is a high energy. There's some excellent instrumentals in this, amongst other things. Enjoy yourself as we go into Big Sky Wonder. Western sky Raindrops skate across my windshield I settle in for a long day's ride Up ahead I see an exit sign Won't be no big surprise These Midwest towns all look the same I begin to wonder why The sign comes into focus Got a road up 
voice you heard in that song, folks, the song being Big Sky Wonder, is Jim Phillips. But there's a lot of instruments there, too, including some are the ones he's playing. Who is doing what on that? Can you tell me, Jim? The flute and the lead guitar work by Julie Makowski and Lucas Fisher are obviously heavily featured in that song. I'm a bass player, so I always hear what the bass player is doing. And Danzer is doing a lot to hold that song up at the energy level where it is, and as John LeBron playing drums. You can go to northernspiritradio.org, and you can find links to Jim Phillips and to Danzer and all these other folks. I've got them on the site, and you really should increase your wealth by listening to and availing yourself of their music. If you want to track down Jim Phillips' music, we'll have a link where you can download that as well. Come to northernspiritradio.org. Find links to all of our guests the last 17 and a half years. Leave us a comment so we know you're out there listening, and you can help us continue to do this work by under support. Click on Donate and help us, and remember to support your local community radio station. Both Jim Phillips and I know about WHYS radio here in Eau Claire, what the gift that's been to the community. And you've got a community radio station somewhere near you, wherever you're listening from. So please support them with your hands, with your wallet, and make it happen. And right now, let's go right to another song by Jim Phillips. Let's talk about Sail Away. Sail Away was one I gave you a copy before. Maybe that one hasn't changed so much here, but I think this is a really important thing. I wrote this sort of little acoustic guitar riff and had come up with the chorus walking along the Eau Claire River. And for those of you in Eau Claire, if I were to say Archery Park and Boyd Park along the Eau Claire River on the other side of the river from Banbury Place, it might be a trail that you know. And I used to walk there with my dog a lot when I lived up in the East Side Hill neighborhood. And again, this is one of those that I kind of had in the wheelhouse for a while, but didn't have any verses to. It's also a place where I quite literally stumbled into 12-step recovery. And that, you know, when I was in the midst of what we would call our bottom and my life was falling apart, I was walking along there and I ran into an old friend who I had known through the university and hadn't seen for five years. And in the process of noticing them, I took one wrong step to the right and fell 30, 40 feet down the embankment into the Eau Claire River. And this friend of mine, whose name is Brian, got there and brought me up and helped me get back to my house. I didn't, somehow I did not get seriously hurt. I had some bumps and bruises. I went to the emergency room and they x-rayed everything, you know, and that was about five days before my first 12-step meeting. And I hadn't seen this person, Brian, in at least five years. And I went to that meeting and I had met somebody that had been connected to me with through the community and we had chatted for a bit. And then I walked into the coffee room and there was my friend, Brian, that I hadn't seen in five years. And we both like, you know, like macho guys, like both burst into tears and started hugging each other. And it was a truly mind blowing experience. In recovery, we tend to refer to spiritual experiences, the, the slow ones as the, of the learning variety in the language of William James. And then there are the ones that we refer to as the burning bush variety. And this was very much a burning bush variety. I sort of jokingly say that, you know, God was telling me that, you know, Jim Phillips, you're not listening yet. You're not in the right place yet. I'm going to help you. <laughs> the song is Sail Away. This is the second time you can hear it on Song of the Soul. The previous version, as Jim Phillips said, was a basement version. This is top-notch, musically soft acoustic. It's got heart present, as I see it, not just adrenaline, and it's a gift to the world. Sail Away by Jim Phillips. 
All right. Walking on the edge, trying to keep my step. A lonely eagle takes to the sky. One side unknown, the other old familiar. Did my life become so awry? It's time to let your mind wander. Open up your heart and sail away. Time to let your mind wander Open up your heart and free the day I walked along the edge Steps were so uneven Looking for that eagle in the sky Had to take a fall And almost lose it all To reach the bottom before I learned to fly Time to let your mind wander Open up your heart and sail away It's time to let your mind wander Open up your heart and free the day Skyline spreads her wings and she takes to the sky. She floats on the breeze, mind is at ease. Led me to a new way of life. It's time to let your mind wander, open up your heart and sail away. It's time to let your mind wander. Open up your heart and free the day. You'll find Jim Phillips on Facebook at Jim Phillips Music. The link's on nordenspiritradio.org. That song was Sail Away. Again, Jim Phillips is here with us today for Song of the Soul. Amongst other things, that song led him or helped, I think, hurry him into 12-step healing and recovery. Actually, given that you fell down the 30, 40 feet to the Eau Claire River, it seems to me like you added an extra step, so maybe you have a 13-step program. Yeah, right, right, yeah. Or that was the zeroth step. I mean, you know, interestingly. And again, again, what I find interesting about that is that that song came into my head walking in that very same place. And then when I decided, it's like, Arena, what is this song really about? I really decided that it needed to be about that specific time and place. 
Well, that notwithstanding, let's have another song for your song of the soul. What's next for Jim Phillips? Let's talk about Train Bound for Nowhere, because I think that picks up on this thread that you were just talking about in terms of, you know, one's calling in life. And there was a long period of time here where working in higher education in the state of Wisconsin was seen to be a pretty frustrating experience for a lot of us. And we were feeling a lot of political pressure and things like that for things that, you know, we just want to go to work every day and work with young people. But being a faculty member at a state university, invariably, a lot of times you get swept up in the politics and it's an unnecessary distraction. And that can push your buttons. And I recall a conversation with a couple of friends of mine that, you know, and if you're in my line of work, you know, you hit your late 40s, early 50s, and you're tired and you get a little burned out. I was in this conversation with a couple of friends of mine on a fishing trip where, you know, they were just talking about how burned out and tired of the business that they were. At that point in time, I had sort of worked through a lot of my frustrations and just would have told you that I have the greatest job in the world. And so it becomes the paradox. How do two people doing the same thing have a completely different experience with it? And the answer to that, in my case, is one of the lessons of recovery. And that, you know, I can get out of bed in the morning and it doesn't matter who you are. Anybody could do this. I can make a list of 10 things that aren't right in my life or 10 things that I could be angry about or 10 things that could be better about my life. And I could live on that list all day. And I'm not going to have a very good day. Chances are none of the people around me are going to have a very good day either. But if I look at the other list that one can make, that's like, you know, what are the things that I'm lucky for? What are the things that I should be gracious about? What are the privileges I have today that other people don't have? Then it's a different kind of day and it's better for me and it's better for the people around me. And, this, and the train bound for nowhere is just simply reading the wrong list. It says, once I get up in the morning on the wrong side of the bed and decide my day stinks, my day stinks and I'm on the train going nowhere. And one of the things that I've learned in recovery is that, you know, that I had the power to reset that day. And ironically, I wrote this song on one of those days where I was not having a good day. And I said, you know, what can I do about this? This was in the midst of those basement tapes. And I was walking the dog down Water Street. And I started humming this song to myself. That sort of catchphrase came in. And I just started thinking about, hey, this is a moment where I can take that emotional turmoil that I'm wrestling with and channel it into a song. And I went home and the song was written in, in, in 45 minutes and I was recording it that day. And again, I'm telling you some of these things that took me 12 years to write. This one is one of those ones that just came to me that day. Basically, what I've learned is that the courage to be emotionally vulnerable in that music is what makes some of the greatest musicians what they are. Where I really, really see that is in some of the people we call the indie folk musicians. I would make a shout out to Chris Porterfield, who is one of Justin Vernon's friends that is now based down in Milwaukee. His stuff is just so emotionally bare and right out there and real that when I started going down this road, I was literally thinking, I need to write songs more like Chris Porterfield and just really raw. And, and that's where this one got. Of course, it turned up into be this upbeat, kind of happy number, which is great, which is, I guess, maybe a spiritual lesson in the song that, again, let's take our garbage and make it into something really kind of fun. <laughs> wow. Quite an intro there from Jim Phillips. This is a really energetic, wonderful song. The wonderful, lively guitar that you'll hear in it is by Jim Phillips here today for Song of the Soul, Train Bound for Nowhere.
walking the track in the moonlight A mighty locomotive came at me I had to jump on before I knew where I was going Or get off of that track entirely I wake up on a train bound from nowhere And I don't know how long it can possibly be Until the time that I can find a way out Or the time that the good Lord will take me Some days I remember All the good things life has given me But other days I still feel resentful And I can't shake my negativity Sometimes I wake up on a train out the nowhere Until the time that I can find a way out Or the time that the great boy will take me Years ago I was always in a hurry Just trying to impress everyone I see Feel stuck on that same old conveyor There ain't no more time for just me When my life seems so easy A future full of possibility Now I'm near the end of the middle Of this journey And I don't really know where I'm supposed to be Sometimes I wake up on a train bound from nowhere And I don't know how long it can possibly be Until the time that I can find a way out For the time that the good Lord will take me For the time that the great Lord will take me for the time that mother earth will take me will take
As a good environmentalist, you know that Jim Phelps believes in public transit, trains, whether they're bound for somewhere or nowhere, <laughs> he loves them both. And yes, I would like to be able to take a train to the Twin Cities to watch the hockey games or whatever it is that I do over there. It would be really nice because I don't like driving home at 11 o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That song was Train Bound for Nowhere. We've got links to Jim Phillips' music on Facebook and the Sawdust City pages. We have a link there. You can get his music. You have to track it down. He's not everywhere in the world, but you can track him down via the links we have on northernspiritradio.org. Well, let's finish with one more song from Jim Phillips. What's last up here? Everything seems different now. This is the girl song. You know, again, I'm probably still not emotionally open enough to be a guy who writes a lot of love songs. But my current wife is somebody that I went to college with. And uh, we reconnected in 2010, early in my recovery time. She was in New Hampshire at the time, and I had gone on sort of a spiritual quest where, you know, my life had fallen apart and I was in the process of getting it back together. I'm an old Grateful Dead fan. So a road trip is a healing experience for somebody like that. And I just, I needed to get back to the East Coast and connect with some of my old friends. And I stopped to see the person that is now my wife, Kristen, was the first stop on that trip. And we had met on her first day of college. And we were buddies through college, never dated or anything like that. And, you know, we reconnected and, you know, stayed in touch. And now we are what we are. We've been married for about seven years. And again, we first reconnected in 2010. And, and I wrote this song not too far after we had reconnected. The sort of song honors the history of that relationship, but also recognizes that something is different in this relationship at the time. And, you know, uh, that's one of my favorite songs on the record. I think even if you stripped the personal meaning off of it, I was really, really happy with the way this one came out. I don't want to delve too deeply. And again, this is one of those questions you can ignore if you don't care to. The end of your first marriage and your connection with 12 step, there's some kind of a temporal connection between those two. I've known people whose marriage did not survive their sobriety. There's also the loss of the relationship got them to look at sobriety. Is that anything you can talk about at all? You know, I guess I would say that there was a lot of synergy there. I would say a lack of sobriety had a big reason in the reason that my first marriage went sideways. There was a lot of things that went wrong there in that household. And that's lost that I still feel some remorse over. But ultimately, it just, I think early in my sobriety, it just seemed like that that marriage wasn't going to survive the transformation that my life was going to make. It was not an easy thing to move on from. And the other question I wanted to ask you was about Kristen. There's a line in the song, she always did the right thing when I was bad. And you've already talked about your checkered criminal past. <laughs> but is this an actual reference to how she was? She wasn't going to juvie when you were? Or something? <laughs> Kristen, that she's going to be mad at me for saying that she's pretty straight-laced. But she's pretty straight-laced. But she was also kind of that maternal type that was going to take care of everybody and generally was somebody who would put other people before herself without going to 12-step recovery, you know, and that's really an honor, a reference to that, her being that kind of person, you know, whereas that point in my life, I was looking for what life could do for me and not what I could do for life. And Kristen was aligned the right way as it was. When she used to hang out with us, she used to think we were pretty scary. <laughs> <laughs> 
and now her tolerance has grown. <laughs> yeah, we were pretty wild. You know, it was the highlight of our college days and we took full advantage of them. She was not like us in that way, but somehow she hung in there and, and we were pretty good buddies for at least the first half of our time at college and, and would stay in touch from time to time for the last few years. So, Well, we've got this last song from Jim Phillips for today's Song of the Soul. Links to Jim Phillips' music on Facebook and other things are on northernspiritradio.org. This song, inspired clearly by Kristen, currently his wife, called Everything Seems Different Now. Jim, it's so great to have you back. The wonderful music that you've put together with all these fine local folks under the brilliance that is Evan Middlesworth. So fortunate that we've got these finer takes on your music. Thank you so much for doing that teaching our young people chemistry, infusing it with spirit and pouring it out through your instruments with all the folks here in the Chippewa Valley. Thanks so much for joining me, Jim. Well, thank you, Mark. It's a a great conversation. I just, I love the way that there's the opportunity to talk about the sort of spiritual path in this music, because, you know, for me, that was what really got me there. Thanks for helping me bring that out in this conversation. And thank you for all the things that Northern Spirit Radio does to that end for other musicians. It's my privilege, Jim. Again, Jim Phillips is here. There will be bonus excerpts, portions of this program that didn't fit in the broadcast, 55 minutes. Remember to go to northernspiritradio.org to check that out, to track down Jim Phillips by his music, and join us again next week for Song of the Soul. Here is Everything Seems Different Now. seems different now Not really sure when it changed or how She came back into my life From a thousand miles away Now she's got me searching For the right words to say Lord, please help me find them Before she slips away seems different now She was like a sister that I never had She always did the right thing when I was bad And I took her for granted And she was always there for me To this very day Just as I had thought I had completely lost my way Love came to find me When I was looking the other way again Everything seems different now
for my life to turn this way How come I never noticed Back in my younger days I should have paid attention When she was always there for me But not today it seems so easy Like a day's never passed Like a rain-swollen river Rolling forward really fast Love came to find me And this time it's gonna last to the end Everything seems different now Not really sure when it changed or how She came back into my life From a thousand miles away Now she's got me searching For the right words to say Lord, please help me find them Before she slips away again Everything seems different now Everything seems different now The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on northernspiritradio.org, guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helpsmeet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.